Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. City Reach Church, welcome. It's your first time here. We just welcome you to our church. Can we just give a, a little hand to our, uh, our students? So proud of our our, our city students who are doing such a great job, not just the ones who worship, but every Friday, and, and as they've uh, been experienced the power of God, uh, excited about that, and, and just want to also just uh, applaud all the folks who have poured into them uh, in so many ways. Uh, praise God. Can we just get a little hand for our dream team? And so, if you're not part of uh, our dream team, you can be a part of our dream team. We would love to have you be a part of our team that uh, really is just serving uh, the, the king, first of all, and then here to serve you as well, as he's called us to. And um, I'm excited about what's happening in our church. Last week, if you were here, we had our five-year anniversary, and it was amazing. And, and I just want to thank so many people who worked so hard to make this happen. And I, I'm not sure she's probably working right now, but uh, a little hand for Miss Judy. Uh, thank you so much. So we love you, Judy, wherever you are working. Um, and even this week, as I um, as the week has gone by, I'm truly thrilled at what God is doing through so many of you. Uh, so many things that are happening. I mean, I, I can't even mention everybody's name, but I'm just going to mention a, a, just a few people that I really know that um, God is doing some amazing things in so many of you. And don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. You know, on Monday, there were several men and, uh, who got together at my house, and it was a, a powerful time. And, and, um, and um, I, I'm just going to mention uh, uh, one name. And, and if you were there, you know that some powerful things happened in that place. And, and it was like testimony after testimony. It was so powerful. But um, it was after one testimony, I was like, wow. And then another testimony, I was like, wow, you can't top that one. And another one, it was not that we were trying to outdo each other, but it was just so powerful. But Brother Danny, man, God is going to use you in such a powerful way. I'm so excited uh, for your boldness, and um, that's a strong man. Where's his wife? Anna? She is here. You're blessed, sister. I'm sure he's blessed, too. But you're blessed. Danny, you inspired us so so much. And and another person I just want to shout out, and I can shout out so many names. And I'm not picking and choosing, but Isaiah, where's Isaiah? He's, you inspired me the other day. And I could go down the line. You know, I could go, Layla, you killed it today, and I could keep going, but I'm not thinking. I just feel like there's once in a while, man, that God is doing something so major and so powerful, and that only God could do that. You know, he gets the, the, the credit in the Spanish service. Pastor Francisco says something uh, about, he said, God es se pasó. Right? Yeah. He just went beyond anything we could think of, and um, really excited and, and and truly honored and thrilled about what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life and in this church and in this community. Yes, and we believe that some powerful things are yet to come, and we're going to see a transformation not only in our lives and our homes in the community, but in the city yeah. of Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And today. <laughs> I was going to talk about, you know, the sermon series is Thy Kingdom Come, and we, we have not forgotten about it. We're going to get back to it. But um, yesterday, last night, as we were praying, 
here. Several of us were praying here last night, and uh, felt the Lord really uh, speak to me uh, over the last couple days. So, kind of just changed it up. And and today's topic, uh, the theme of the message is choices matter. Uh, choices matter. And uh, a couple days ago, um, one of the brothers, Brother Jay, was talking about uh, two of his friends that he grew up with. They grew up in church. Um, one of them passed away um, through a drug overdose uh, a while back, and then another one just passed away a few days ago. And as he was describing the story, or just saying what happened, and, and you know, he was saying, he said he mentioned that they made choices. They made a choice, and and he's saying, I'm not going to make that choice. I didn't make that same choice. I'm, I'm I've chosen not to walk that road, and so. As he said that, something stirred in me very simple, right? That we make choices. And choices are something that many times we take for granted. Um, but you have a choice. You have a choice. And there comes moments in our lives when we can only blame other people so much, right? We can only blame the situation so much. And we can only blame the circumstance or where you come from so much. But there's a, there, there comes moments in your life where you have to make a choice. Or no one else can make it, but you have to make a choice. And, so today I wanted to talk about that, that you choose. I choose, you choose. And sometimes we make good choices. Sometimes we don't make, sometimes the choices we make aren't so good. Uh, but the book of Joshua, chapter 24, 14, 15, this is Joshua talking to the people of Israel, and he's giving them a choice. Uh, it's their choice to make. He can't make the choice for them. But he talks to them as they enter the promised land, the land that God had promised them. And they have been fighting, and uh, the, the people there, and, and warring, and, and they were starting to gain ground there in the promised land. But it comes a moment when Joshua tells them, now we have a choice. And he says this, so fear the Lord and serve him. Serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. This is Joshua. He's telling them. He's exhorting them. He's, uh, you know, giving them good advice here. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Verse 15 goes on to say, but if you re refuse to serve the Lord, then choose. There's that choice word. Then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors? Uh, that, that your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. It's a choice, right? It's a choice, and it's coming from a wise person. Joshua at this time was one of the oldest people uh, in, in, in the land, and he's telling them, now you have some choices to make. He's telling them, and I believe that many times, you know, we're, we're, we're making choices all the time. We're making choices, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But I think sometimes in our walk with God, and I believe this was happening, and this is why Joshua was talking to the people, because many of them had confessed that they were going to serve God, and were going through the rituals, but in their heart, they weren't serving God. In their heart, they weren't honoring God. They were going through the motions. And, and I say that because many times in our walk, too, we're going through the motions. Sometimes we're going to church and we're doing all the right things, but our heart is far from God. Yes. How many have been there before? Hallelujah. I've been there. You go through the motions. And sometimes you got to, you know, you're just trying to get by. We're just surviving, right? 
but you can't stay in that place. It comes a point when you got to make a choice. You can't serve God to please somebody else. You can't please God because uh, uh, you're trying to get with somebody, right? Um, or, or whatever that looks like. You have to make a choice, right? You have to make a choice, and it's and it, and your choices matter. We're surrounded by choices. Uh, it's estimated that every person, you, me, make about 35,000 choices every day. That's a lot of choices. Some of the choices are very repetitive, right? So you do these things every day. You make a choice to put toothpaste on your toothpaste, toothbrush, right, a certain way. You make choices to uh, either wash your face or not wash your face, right? Uh, you make a choice whether you're going to take a shower or not take a shower. Hopefully I'll take a shower. But these are some of these uh, uh, choices are mundane. We do them all the time. They just come naturally. You just take those choices for granted, but they're still choices. Um, you know, you made a choice to come to church today. Uh, you made a choice on where you were going to sit here today. Maybe it's your first time and you didn't really know where to sit and, and you just chose a seat. Maybe, you know, I hear some people say, Pastor, the music is too loud in the church, so maybe you sat in the back. I got other people say, Pastor, it's not loud enough in the church, and they sit in the front. Um, but there's choices that you made even walking into this place. Uh, but I'm glad, and I'm sure God is even more glad that you chose to be here today. Right? Yeah. Not sure how hard that struggle was for you. Not, not sure if it was very simple, but you made a choice. You made a choice to, to come here. Hopefully somebody didn't bring you by force. Um, but there came a moment where you made a choice to be here. Um, you know, for the ladies, and this can be a very difficult choice for the ladies in the house, but every day you have to make a choice on what shoes you're going to wear. <laughs> that's, that's a very important choice, right? For the men, I guess, you know, if you're like on sneakers and you get a lot of sneakers, that, that could be a, a, a dilemma as well. Um, but I don't think it's as important um, to us. But it's a choice, right? You, take, you make a choice on what route you're going to go to, to work. Maybe you listen to the traffic in the morning to find out what traffic looks like. Uh, but your choices matter. They are important. Um, and I want you to just look at the person next to you and tell them, you made a great choice today. You made a great choice. Why not? Say it again like you mean. You made a great choice because you chose to be here today in the house of the Lord. But just think about that, 35,000 choices so, uh, that, that an average person makes every single day. And so there's so many choices that we make that perhaps aren't always the right choice. Um, and, and in life, I can honestly say for myself that I've made some good choices and I've made some choices that were not so good. But thankfully, we have a God who's merciful, a God who loves us. A God who extends his grace, his love, his peace, so that he can rectify some of those uh, bad choices that we made. How many are thankful for a merciful, forgiving God? That we can stand here today forgiving. Um, and so Joshua, he's talking to the people of Israel. They had just been 40 years in the wilderness, and he's coming to this point. He says, now it's time to make a choice. Who are you going to serve? He knew that this choice was going to mean life and death for the people. There was something powerful going on with this choice. This wasn't an ordinary choice, and it's not an ordinary 
choice for you and I. He offers them, if you see those verses, verse 14, he offers them the right choice first. He says, fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly, he says. That's the first choice, and it's the right choice. And then he offers them the alternative, which is to uh, do what they want to do. It, it, it is to serve whoever they felt in their heart or believed to serve. And there was at that time many idols and other false uh, religions, and they had that opportunity. He says, but he makes a declaration there. He says, you should choose to serve God, but you might not make that choice, but I'm going to share my choice with you. And he makes a declaration there, and I love what it's, how it says in, um, in the NIV, he says, as for me and my house, yeah. we will serve the Lord. Yeah. And, and I'm going to read it one more time, because it's a, it, this is a declaration that many of us need to make, right, if we haven't made it already, and if you've made it already, some perhaps repeat it, even to yourself, where he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a powerful thing that just happened when he, um, when he said that, and, and, um, and I was talking to a brother here last night at prayer, and, and something else stirred in me, and I've shared this many times with, um, with the church, but I feel like sharing it again. When I was about 17 or 18 years old, I was I was in a in a dilemma in my life, and, and many of you are going to relate to this. Maybe you've lived it, maybe you're living it, or maybe you're about to live it. But I was in a situation, 17, 18 years old, where where I was living a double life. Right? I had one one Sunday I was in church, and then the other Sunday I wasn't really in church, even if I was there. Yeah. How, many, how many know what that's like? Right? Yes, Amen. So I was kind of living a double life, and and I, I hadn't made a commitment to God. Really, I was. I wanted to, my heart wanted to, but something was drawing me away, you know, uh, and, and so I was struggling with some things, and and um, and I, I spent, man, I would say a, probably a few years in this situation where I would go to church, I'd be all fired up, and then on Monday it was all over, right? Uh, and then I had to come back and repent to God on next Sunday, and, and my life was that. I would be fired up on Sunday and say, Jesus, would you come and blow that trumpet so I could go with you today, because tomorrow I'm about to mess up again. Um, how, how many know what that's like? Amen. And, and that's a real dilemma. And, and, and it's not a great place to be because then what happens when you're living like that, shame and guilt begin to mount and multiply on your life. And the enemy starts uh, pointing to that shame and guilt and it doesn't allow you to move forward. It doesn't allow you to move forward. It, 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 you just get by. And I remember I was about 18, maybe 17. I remember... Uh, exactly how old I was, but I had a, a young, a, a man in my life who was a mentor, and to me he was old, but he was 25. Uh, but at that time, you know, he was older than me, and I looked up to him, and, and he was a musician, and, and we were friends. And one thing about this man, his name was Neftali. And Neftali, and he was just, he was that guy, you would see him, he was dressed nice, and he had a good job, he, he loved the Lord. And I said, man, one day I want to be like, we used to call him Nefty. I said, I want to be like Nefty. I, never, I may, maybe never verbalized it, but in my heart, I would look at him. I looked up to him. And so maybe two times in my life, this man said, hey, Mark, let's go to the mall. And I got to ride in the car with him, and he took me to the mall. And I remember one day, he, we went into, uh, I think it was Burlington Coke Factory back in Chicago. And he said, Mark, get any Coke you want. I was like, really? Like, nobody ever had bought me stuff. He said, get any Coke you want. And so I was, you know, looking at the coats on sale, you know. 
But I'll never forget, and I'm sharing this because of the impact that it had on my life. I went and I got this. At that time, the, the trench coats were in style, and I couldn't afford a trench coat, so I went and got a cheap trench coat, right? And, and he purchased it for me. And I, man, that trench coat meant the world uh, to me because first, because I could kind of fit in because I had a trench coat. Second of all, because somebody cared and took the time to take me to the store and offer me something that I didn't deserve, right? Young man, I was so impressed by that. And so Nefty became a mentor. I don't know if he understood that. He just did it out of the goodness of his heart, you know? Uh, and I would have been watching Nefty and Nefty, uh, before he was up there playing guitar, he was kind of living La Vida Loca too, right? He was living a double life. And I remember he had this beautiful girlfriend. She's like, she came out of a magazine. And uh, he worked for the gas company in Chicago. He made a lot of money for, for me. I mean, he, you know, he, was, he had made it. Um, but I remember one day he, um, he suffered a tragic accident where 35% where of his body got burned, you know? And uh, he was in a hospital for, for a long time, probably like uh, six, seven months in a hospital getting skin grafts. His life turned upside down, and that beautiful girl he was with, she left him, right? And, uh, and, and through this experience, he, he made a choice to serve God, right? He made a choice to serve God, and that choice that he made impacted my life. Because he let it all go. He let the pretty girl go. He let all these things go. And it impacted my life. And I didn't mean to share this whole story, but I think somebody needs to hear the fact that when you make a good choice, not only does it affect you, but it impacts those people around you, right? And see, the gospel is too big to just be about you. The gospel is too big to just be about me. It's about us. It's about humanity, right? And so as Neftali, my friend, began to make some good, godly choices, it was impacting my life, right? I began to look up to him. So well, let's get back to me kind of living kind of a wishy-washy life, right? Christian life. And, and I came to a, a crossroads in my life. You come to crossroads in your life when you have to make a choice. You have to make a decision. And I came to one of those crossroads, and I didn't know what to do. I wasn't sure quite what to do, so I went to Nefti's house, his apartment, and, and, and I was talking to him, and I was sharing my heart with him, and, and I was saying, man, I got this going on, I got this going on, but I, I just, I don't know what to do. I'm not too sure what choice to make. And I didn't, want to, I didn't want to hear from him. I just wanted to share my heart. How many have been in a situation where you just want to share, but you don't really want to hear nothing, right? Like, you're willing to share everything. Oh, man, this, 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 but don't, don't give me no advice. I didn't come for advice. I just came to get this off my chest. And that's where I was. And I remember Nefty was a man of very few words. He was bad, but when he talked, he looked at you real serious. And he looked at me and he says, he said, Mark, I know what your problem is. I said, said, said what are you talking about? He said, I know what your problem is. He says, you still haven't manned up. That's what your problem is. And I kind of backed off. He's a little bigger and stronger than me, so I couldn't do much. But I said, so what are you talking about? He says, a real man makes a decision and sticks with his decision. That's what a real man does. Man, and that irked me and it made me angry. And I remember I got up and I left. Got up, you know, I had a little tantrum. I said, I ain't come here to hear that. How's he questioning my manhood? He doesn't know me like that. And I went outside, I sat in my car. I sat in my car and I pouted for a little while. You know, whined. 
How dare him talk to me like that, right? But all of a sudden I began to think, and that, that word began to just get in my heart, and I said, man, he's right. I need to man up. He's right. I need to man up. I need to quit crying and whining. I need to make a decision. And that day I made a decision. I said, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. And, and, and praise God, right, for that. And it's been a bumpy road, brothers and sisters. It has not been easy. I've made some bad choices after that. I haven't lived a perfect life, but I'll tell you, when I made that first decision and I, be, I decided to stick with it, my life would change. My life would change. And all of a sudden, the road I began to walk got a little more narrow, right? I had less friends now. But I had a true friend. And his name was Jesus. He continues to be my friend. He continues to be my refuge. He continues to be my rescuer. He, he continues because he, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is faithful in all of his ways. He is good all the time. In season and out of season. When you want him and when you don't want him, he's good, he's faithful, and he loves you. And I'm so thankful that I made that decision. I'm so thankful that that young man told me that at that time. And Lefty, now he's a, he's a presbyter, he's a pastor. And I, I get to see him every once in a while. I go to Chicago, and, and I, I'm so thankful for him. But I'll tell you this, brothers and sisters and young people, there's a Neftali Arce for your life. God has someone that he wants or to speak some life into you. When, you, when you. when you can't go to mom, when you can't go to dad, when you can't go to a teacher, God will provide a mentor, someone. And I, I know that God is lifting up some mentors in this house. Right? You, you didn't go through something just to stash it away. You went through something so that you could believe, be a blessing to someone else's life. Praise God, I can just feel that even happening right now, that God is awakening some folks. And I called you to be a mentor, right? I called you to be a mentor. And I'm going to share something else here, something that's in my spirit. Because, see, God will call you when you least expect it, right? Pastor Francisco shared something here this morning that I can relate to. it. He says, man, when I was ready to pastor the city of Philadelphia, I said, God, I'm ready to pastor the city of Philadelphia. I'm ready. I've studied. I know your word. I've done this. I've done that, he shared. He said, but you know what? And God put me on the shelf. He put me on the shelf, and I had to sit on the shelf for a while. And he said, and he said, this happened. He said, and then, all of a sudden, when I kind of gave up on the calling, God said, Francisco, Francisco, it's time now. He said, it's time. I'm not fired up like I was. I'm not ready. I, I. See, God will call you when you least expect it. He'll call you when you least feel deserving of it. When God called me, I was so broken. I was such a mess. I said, God, you're calling me now? Did, did, have you seen my life lately? Kind of like Gideon? He said, do you know who I am? When God called Gideon, he said, do you know who I am? Do you know what family and tribe I come from? You must be mistaken. You have the wrong one. But no, God never makes mistakes. Right? He doesn't make a mistake, and he'll call you when you feel less worthy. Yes. Because then you can't take the credit. And if God would have called me when I thought I was it, when I thought I was had it all together, then it would have failed. So he waited till I was broken, till I felt there was no hope, till when my, my, my wife had my bags packed, I get out of my house, and God begins to call me in that place. Yeah, talk. 
mess up. Woo! It's all right. That's the way our God works. He's a very unexpected God. But brothers and sisters, today what I want to tell you is you can't keep living a double life. It comes a point when you get to a crossroads and you have to make a choice. When you live between two worlds, you become a dog who eats his own vomit. Proverbs 26, 11. I can say this because I've lived it. It says this, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. That's what the Bible says. If you take a picture of that, right? Because I don't want to be a dog and I don't want to be a fool. And for many of us, we live a life of going back to our vomit. Going back to our vomit. Going back to our vomit. I remember when I first got a dog, I was 11 years old. I wanted a dog to get me a dog. I remember that dog threw up. I loved that dog. He threw up and then he went back to eat. I'm like, what is he doing? That's what dogs do. That's what they do. They go back and they eat their own vomit. And sometimes in the spiritual realm, we're doing the same thing. We go back. We go back and the devil looks at us and says, what a fool he is. What a fool she is. And let me tell you, God didn't create you to be a fool for nobody. He created you to be a son, a daughter who would not return to his vomit, but would feast on the banquet that God has already prepared for your life. Godly choices lead to more godly choices. Bad choices lead to more bad choices. It's like a, a lie almost always leads to another lie. Yeah. Right? The only thing that sets a lie free is truth. That's it. It's truth. And so if you're living a lie, it's time to confess that lie. If you're living a lie, it's time to confess truth over that thing, to confess it, to admit it. Maybe you need to admit it to God. Maybe you need to admit it to God and to someone else. But those choices that we make that are not good, they're selfish choices. And they lead to a life of selfishness. And if you're selfish, you'll never find satisfaction or fulfillment. Most of the time, this world and the enemy will tell you that the godly choice is the more difficult one. And they may not be lying. The world, culture, they want you to, and even your friends, they want you to make the easy choice, not the hard choice. The hard choice is, is choosing God sometimes. Sometimes it's the easy choice because he got you cornered, right? But there's some other times when serving God is, is a difficult decision. And there's some other folks who don't want you to make that decision. They don't want you to make the decision because they already made the wrong decision. And they don't want to be alone. They want you to make the same decision they made, right? And so they draw you like, don't go to church. You're going to church? Why are you going? What do you mean God doesn't? There is no God. God doesn't care. God's not going to do nothing. Do you know who you are? Why, why would even God look at you? That is the enemy speaking to your life. And they want you to choose it because they already chose it. They chose the easy way. They chose the comfortable way. They chose the choice that everybody's making. But God calls you to be unique. And the word of God urges you and 
challenges you to make the more difficult decision because it'll bring life to you. It'll restore what you could never restore. It would heal what, what, what no person or no thing could ever heal in your life. See, the hard choice will bless your future. The easy choice will curse your future. And sometimes we make some, 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 some decisions and choices. We say, well, I'm not going to finish school. I don't need to finish school. I'm not, I'm not going to take that risk. Or I'm not going to get up early to, to pray. Or I'm, not, I'm done working. I'm tired of working. Those are not good choices. If you want to thrive, you have to take the road less traveled. If you want to thrive, you have to choose the road less traveled. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, it says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, it's wide open. And its gate is wide for the many who will choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. And I believe that those few, many of those few are in this place today because we have made a choice or we're about to make a choice in our lives to take the harder route, right? We're going to take the harder route. We're going to stand up. Can we stand up right now? We're going to stand up and we're going to make a, a, a choice what to serve God wholeheartedly. And we're going to say what Joshua said. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come hell or come high water, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No matter what I may confront, no matter how dark or dim it may become, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No matter what lie the enemy puts before me, no matter what temptation I may be facing, as for me and my house, Yes, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. When you begin to declare that in your life, when you begin to declare that something happens in the spiritual realm, something happens in your own spirit that becomes alive in you. And when that thing becomes alive, it gives life to you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When you begin to say and declare this over your life, something dead inside of you comes to life. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All of a sudden, some dreams that have been suffocated begin to breathe, begin to take life. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All of a sudden, some ideas that were hidden in your life become unearthed. Spirit begins to dig them out. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All of a sudden, that dim, that grim, that dark future begins to look a little brighter, a little clearer, a little sharper, a little more vivid. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I might have made some bad choices, and I may still make some more bad choices, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
divide and your choices matter. You know, James just shared with me about his two friends who are no longer in this world, no longer breathing. And he said, he said they made the wrong choice, Pastor. They made the wrong choice. And we all know some folks who have done that. And we've done it as well. And if I'm honest, I probably made more bad decisions than I made good decisions, right? But there's a God who's merciful, who's good. And when you make a stand, you take a stand before God, you say, God, as for me and my house, we will serve you, God. Even when I mess up, I'm going to serve you. Even when I forget, Lord, I'm going to serve you, God. Even when I feel like I can't go no more, I'm going to serve you. Because for as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Church, your choice matters. Your choices, they are important. God's asking you, would you man up? Would you woman up for me? Because there's a promised land I need you to take dominion over. Hallelujah. Church, can we just close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word in this place. We honor you, Lord, and we, Lord, today is that day, God, that we make a choice. Stop trying to live two lives and acknowledge that there's only one life that matters. And it's that road that's traveled. Yes, Lord. Even if they laugh at me, even if they don't understand, one day they'll be blessed by my choice. So Heavenly Father, I pray your Holy Spirit would just invade our hearts and our spirits right now. We make a declaration in this place. As for me and my house, we will serve you, Lord. We will serve you, God. You are faithful and good in all your ways. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if you want to make that declaration today, you're going to count to three and you're going to raise your hand. One, two, three. All over the room, just raise your hands. Keep your eyes closed just for a moment. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to say it three times. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Ready? One, two, three. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. choice and officials I'm coming up. I need prayer. This altar is open and I would just even challenge you. If you made that choice today and meant it, come forward. Even if someone didn't pray for you. There's something about taking a step towards God. The Bible says draw near to him. He'll draw near to you. Praise the living God. You are faithful in all your ways. Thank you. If you're coming up, we can kind of move over here. If you move, hallelujah. 
You are so good, God. You are so faithful, God. Gracias, Señor Jesús. Gracias, Señor Jesús. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.